0: Welcome to episode 30 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. Thank you so much for spending your time with me on The Playground. Before we start the career chat, I wanted to give a big shout out to Professor Martin Coulson and the students in his project management classes at Algonquin College. I had the honor of delivering a presentation to them, and they are simply unbelievable. What accomplished, impressive, and hard-working individuals. I love the fantastic education that Algonquin offers and the amazing careers their graduates can develop. I remember when I took public relations back in the day. Of the 29 people in the class, I believe 11 of us already had a university degree. And almost all of us had some type of university experience. It was that one-two educational punch that made the difference for so many of us. For me, a degree was one thing. A college education gave me the real-life experience and training to get a job. If we haven't already connected on Instagram, please do follow me at PuddleJumpCoaching001. And please, get ready to be inspired yet again. I'm seeing a theme here by my awesome mystery guest, Swaminathan Krishnamurti. Welcome, Swami Krishnamurti. Swaminathan is your name, but you go by Swami. And I'm delighted to have you on the playground with us today. So I met Swami when it was 2020, right before the pandemic. And I was at a, an event, an alumni event by World Skills. And I saw you there, and you were helping any way you could. You were being so helpful. You were moving chairs with us, setting things up with us. And it was wonderful. And then I met you through the FIN program. You were a, a mentee, an intern, and then you became a mentee. And then we've just stayed friends.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Tanya. <laughs> I think WorldSkills did play a, a major role in that. I think they organized it at the right time. And I I, I'm not sure if they do the in-person events now uh, for the Finn alumni. Uh, I was lucky to be part of it and I could meet uh, meet you, everyone else. And before we went into a hibernation, I guess.
0: Yes. Yes. It was really good timing. <laughs> that's That's for sure. Before we kind of get in and talk, I just want to say a little bit about you from your LinkedIn profile. You are currently an IT analyst at Canada Revenue Agency, and you are practical and a detail-oriented business analyst with an extensive focus on business process changes and improvements. You are experienced in analyzing and articulating requirements to the development team and a whole bunch of other great things. But now here's where we chat and and we just kind of talk like people talk. Are you on board?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that introduction, Tanya.
0: <laughs> okay. So my questions, because I love the playground because it gives us this opportunity to just chat and really kind of go back to where everything all began, kind of on the playground, right? Where we're young and we're playing around, but we're also going to school. So. Here's the first question: Where did you grow up? And of course, it's a two-parter. Where did you grow up and what was high school like for you?
1: Oh, that takes me back a long way right now. I'm, I'm not that old though, but but still you know, so uh, I grew up in India pretty much all over India, because my dad was in a transferable job. So we used to pretty much, he used to get transferred every, let's say a year, sometimes twice in a year, or, you know, so pretty much um, I've seen length and breadth of India in that way, north to south, east to west. And uh, I say the biggest takeaway from that is I have been to 12 different schools, Sorry, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen different schools in about what twelve grades we have, and uh, yeah, I was I was the most happiest person. You know, the day the school ended, to be honest, <laughs> like I've seen so many schools and been there, and um, once I had more school uniforms than you know my casual <laughs> clothes, you know, so that was how high school was for me. Um and, and you know people say that oh we'll miss school and other things and I was the happiest person I was like okay I've, I've been to a number of schools I'm happy that I'm done with it I don't have to again you know go in mid-session or something get admitted and but uh, it, was, it was nice I think that experience really taught me a lot it does catch you off guard a bit going to different schools because India is a country with many cultures many languages and uh, different food or or setting every place is different in in that way so it's very important you get used to that culture and you adapt i think that's really that really has helped me to be a global citizen in a way.
0: Mm, and I completely understand that. And mo- I'm wondering, how did it feel going from one school to another? That's a lot of schools in <laughs> in that time, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. Initially, it was it was fun to be honest. Uh, you know, you go to a different place, but then the downside is you don't have many friends. I think that's uh, one thing. But then what you have is the best friends in a way. You know, you they are there with you you know, throughout that time. I think that. That is one takeaway. But the other is, I think, the language. Uh, I feel it just became easy for me to pick up multiple language. I think that I would say that's the biggest advantage of moving to different schools. And the other thing is, I would say, adapting to different situations. It really taught me how to be independent, how to kind of uh, read people in a way, be very objective. Going to different places, different schools does put you in a a limelight in a way, because most of the time I used to be admitted mid-session. It used to never be, you know, seamless. It used to be like, okay, the highlight, you're, you're the highlight, you know, you're being highlighted. Okay, he's the new student. So it kind of is weird. You don't want that to be there, but it's, it's kind of just, Blending in slowly and adapting to what's going on, what is the culture of that place or language. So I think it was an experience where I guess uh, I can never forget. So that's my biggest takeaway from my high school journey that I've uh, been through.
0: So it was, it was in fact, not just what was high school like, but what were all the high school like, you know, high (laughs) schools like. So when I wanted to talk to somebody about pivoting, you were one of the first people that came into my mind because you have definitely pivoted in your life. And as we're learning, the pivoting started. At a very young age, after you graduated the last of these high schools, did you know what you were going to study at university and ultimately what you were going to do after graduating?
1: That's an amazing question, Tanya. So I completed my Bachelor of Engineering in Electronics and Telecommunication. That's something that really uh, interested me because I always was fascinated with the communications, the telecom side of things. So that's where I completed my engineering, and I really enjoyed, uh, you know, completing that course and and you know becoming an engineer was was something that really fascinated me. And then later on, I thought it, it's not enough just to be an engineer and then getting into the industry. So I really wanted to get some more skills under my belt, and that's where I thought, okay, let's let's get into the masters uh, side of Thing, let me get a master's degree, but I didn't want to just get into the engineering side again. I didn't want to do it in the uh, electronic side, but I wanted to get into the IT side also. So that's where I wanted to wanted to just do a combination of that because IT is kind of everywhere, right? Information technology is being used in pretty much every field, mm-hmm. and that's where I thought, okay, that'll be an another facet to my skill set. That's where I got more interested in business analysis and talking to people, getting more information, learning about project management and kind of even understanding a bit more into the technical aspects of communication also because I was also into networking and and other things. So, which kind of I thought it's an extension of what I was doing also before. So, I just felt a connect uh in that a uh, few units or few courses here and there were kind of overlapping with my undergraduate degree also. When me to a different uh, avenue which i really liked and uh, was looking forward to and and i had gone to australia and i did my master's from Murdoch um, university there and then then i thought okay this is the time you know let, let's go back to india and um, that's where i joined a telecom based product company there so which was an absolute fit for me in a way you know where they were dealing with telecom solutions and they needed software also you know to be provided to the telecom operators so where i was using the telecom knowledge Knowledge, along with my it. knowledge so I was kind of building solutions or maybe designing solutions for uh, telecos so which really kind of felt that okay now whatever I'm, I have learned is kind of being applied mm. you know which really was satisfying.
0: I would think and now my question is why Australia? It was, I think, at that time, the course which was
1: offered there, I think that really interested me, to be honest. Hmm. And I just applied and uh, got it through. You know, I got admission there and and, uh, the curriculum, everything kind of intrigued me. Mm -hmm. Uh, It felt it's something that I can really build upon. And I would say... It just put me in a different situation there. It put me in in a place where uh, the foundation was laid actually to exactly where I am right now. Because the education system is totally different right, compared to India and compared to Australia, Canada. It just made me think a bit more, just expanded my knowledge base. And then I was like, I had a few people there. My family was also there. I did talk to them and understand more about the culture and uh, about the courses uh, which were offered. And even I, I did uh, talk to someone who was doing the same course. So that's where I got more information about this. And then I thought, okay, you know, this this might be a good journey to embark on.
0: Okay, so a very well-informed decision, that sounds like it.
1: Yes, I uh, did do my research after graduating, did have some uh, time. And and that that's where I did this I had a thought uh, with my parents, also discussed, and then I thought, okay, let's find more about this university and the courses that they offer. So it's definitely, you know, between uh, Australia and New Zealand that I was really exploring. But I think uh, Perth was the destination. (laughs)
0: Perth. Okay. So what was university like? I mean, you know, you spend your whole life going up and down in north and south of India, and then you go to Australia.
1: It was totally, I would say, a 360 degree change, actually, uh, for me. Uh, the university life, uh, which I had in uh, India and compared to what was in Australia, was totally different, especially the curriculum, the way things are done, the lectures. Definitely, I've never attended a 4.30 p.m. lecture, to be honest. That was a big change for me. Uh, it used to be always in the morning. and uh, But but this one was uh, around 4.30. And then just the thinking process, uh, you know, this, the, the day-to-day uh, life there and how it, there's no right or wrong answer, to be honest. I think that's where things started to change for me because everything became a bit detail oriented for me. I used to really research a lot and break things down. And uh, that's something really gave me a perspective that what exactly I need to do in my career and I would say part of my work is really researching and breaking things down you know gathering requirements is one thing that I do on a regular basis but then how I uh, refine it and kind of put it in a solution so that's something that the master's degree really taught me and which I will really cherish.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm I'm hearing you and I'm I'm feeling this like that you've you've adopted this type of strategic approach to your career development, which I think is is admirable and important, quite honestly. And was it an international university? Yes,
1: yes. It was an international university, um, Murdoch University in Perth. So lots of people from all over the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people all over the world. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. And how long were you there?
1: Two years. Two, two and a half years I was there. Okay. And then make the made the decision, I would say a hard decision to to leave Australia and head back to India.
0: Where in India were you living at that time? Was your dad still being kind of transferred everywhere? Or he had had they had a, a solid firm base.
1: He had retired by then. So our base was Chennai down south, which is always hot, hotter, hottest. There's no second <laughs> thoughts to that. It's always hot. Yeah, I moved back to Chennai and then I was working there for about two years to more than mm-hmm. two years. I was working there before moving to minus 36.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so what was what was it like? Because that was like your first kind of post- master's employment right
1: yes absolutely that was my first employment I forget postmasters or anything <laughs> that was my first ever employment uh like ever yeah. ever uh no i did work in australia uh, i did work part-time i used to work there i used to volunteer also in many places there but consider like career wise it was my first back in india back in chennai
0: wow okay what was that like it was
1: A grind, actually, I would say, you know, when you're starting first, it is a grind, you you kind of move up the ladder. And I would say every day was a new learning. It was every day was different for me, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I was... Initially, I was just learning about the product and, and what uh, we are developing. And then later I became a pre-sales person, a business analyst or a product analyst, whatever, you know, you want me to go, you, you want to call. Uh, mm-hmm. Literally the face, because I was giving demos, I was giving product demonstrations, I was traveling, uh, I was talking to multiple customers. And um, that became really great for me. It really gave me valuable Invaluable experience, actually, you know, talking to multiple people from different countries, different system integrators and different telecom operators. It was just a different experience, which I had never even dreamt of, to be honest. There's one very interesting experience, Tanya, that I would like to share. Mm -hmm. This was in uh, New Zealand. I think it was 2017. And that was my first time I had gone to New Zealand. So I entered this room uh, and um, this was for a leading telecom uh, operator in New Zealand. And you know, I was just uh, going to give the demo, product demo, and the combined experience in the room was close to 200 years. <laughs> you know, and I was just about a year old in my company. You know, it was. <laughs> And I was so intimidated. I was so nervous, and and I just finished my demo at a stretch, and everything went well. And behind there was uh, the project director and and the program manager who was trying was managing everything, you know, and kind of helping us. He said, "Swami, well done." And that's where my nerves were calmed. You know, once I heard the, those words, I was like, "Okay." this is real, you know, okay, you, you know, it's, it's done, you have, you have done it. So that was the most satisfying moment for me in in, oh. the, in that time, you know, when, when you know, each one, each each person you talk to really about 20, 25 years of experience in the telecom industry, and you're, you're a kid, you know, you're just with your experience. So I can never forget that, you know, it, it's kind of printed in my brain, you know, in that way that, okay, this is one thing that you should be proud of
0: yes and that does come up later on my questions <laughs> so in new zealand so what i'm what i love to hear is that you know i love it when people get to learn and know about different people from different cultures different nationalities different religions all of that and there's a couple of things that have hit me already i don't know what people think of a lot of people when they think of india like I think they, they may think it's like one monolithic place, right?
1: Absolutely not. It's not a monolithic. But place it's that, not. You know, no.
0: It's not. And and I think that having you talk about the way that you were able to travel and experience these different cultures, these different languages, I think that really opens up people's minds to to see the vastness and the the differences in in the different provinces and and, and are they provinces or states? It's states. Okay. Provinces. That's a very Canadian, (laughs) ethnocentric way of thinking about it. Um, States. Thank you. Uh, So I think that that's really helpful. And another thing that I love is that you had this opportunity to go traveling and do it, you know, for work. So you were in New Zealand. Where else did you go?
1: I had gone to Nairobi, Kenya for a day or two, uh, max and then uh been to jakarta for a day again mm-hmm. and uh, that's it I, i've been to these three uh countries places yeah
0: okay so the next question is i think a pretty big one for you how have you pivoted in your life i oh.
1: That's a that's a tough one because I I think I've been kind of always pivoting throughout uh, my my journey uh, so far. But the way I would say, from engineering, I went into IT side, uh, and then kind of trying to use both the knowledge in that way, and then kind of trying to see that there is a balance, you know, striking a balance between the you know the knowledge earned you know from from both these degrees and also uh what I've learned from the experiences which I've had I, I used to always say now I don't say that before I used to say I might be low on professional experience but definitely I'm high on uh, life experience I used to tell that to many of my people um where I was working back in Chennai I used to say that but now I definitely have accumulated good uh, work experience also so I can say both in a way but it's it's all about Striking a balance, I guess, and I think that's where coming to Canada was a big change in my life. It was a big pivot again because I was just kind of getting kind of used to my professional life back in Chennai, and then suddenly I decide, okay, let's go to Canada.
0: That's a huge decision, <laughs> and I love how you just said, and then and then I just said, hey, you know, I decided, to, no, no, no. What was going on in your brain, especially you with your brain, your you know, your analysis and all of that kind of stuff. What was going on that made you say, "I want to go to Canada"?
1: I generally, I'm actually uh, someone who doesn't plan that much, uh, Tanya. Uh, I do, I, I do plan, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not. Sometimes I'm just very instinctive. You know, I, I do use a term which my wife really doesn't like me using it. it it's called "go with the flow." You know, she, she is someone who plans extensively and, and I am not that person. I just say, oh, we'll see, you know, let's let's do it or let's go with the flow. She had said, no, we need to plan. And i like, <laughs> okay. So I think that's something she doesn't like in me, but um, I'm trying to improve and, and sure, <laughs> make sure I don't do that. Well, but, you know what, uh, <laughs> though?
0: maybe maybe in time, you will start to be a little bit more planty. And she will be a little bit more flowy, huh? She would like it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, you instinctively felt this was the right thing to do. Because I,
1: I think I was very much inclined for a change. I wanted better opportunities. I was really looking to pivot in that time. And and something that uh, was definitely, I was thinking about that. And and with family also being here, I thought, okay, you know, why not? Let's give this a try. Mm. And uh, because I was confident from my Australian experiences, uh, where I really thought that I can make things work. Because, you know, once you're there in a place like Australia, you know the experiences, you know what really goes on in, in, you know, new countries. What are the challenges? Yep. So I was kind of prepared in that way. And I knew what is, what's in store for me if I come to Canada. So I think Australia really prepped me up for that, mm. uh, which really made me think that, okay, you know, this can be done. Going there and um, kind of proving yourself can be done. It's not impossible. It is tough. You know, that's something I, that I really did tell myself that it's going to be tough, but it's not impossible.
0: Mm. And how long did it take from you making that decision that you were going to move to Canada to the point where you were able to have your permit or anything like that that you required?
1: Uh, in a way, the, it doesn't take that much for me. Uh, I, I just took about close to two years from the time I decided and I set foot in Ottawa. <laughs> was oh. about two years. I, I took my time in, in doing things because I was working full-time also. That was really demanding, traveling. Uh, I used to work nights, weekends. Oh. So, you know, it just took that much time for me, you know, to, you know, even the process and everything, it does take some time. So for me, yes, in, in a way, personally, it did take about entire two years to, to really um, set foot here.
0: You know, I've heard people Saying that they waited eight years to get mm-hmm. their their PRs. That's a long time.
1: In, in a way, uh, Tanya, if you ask like how many years I waited, maybe uh, to be honest, it would have been less than six months. My from the time I applied for my residency and got my it was about six months. Huh. But the previous process took time, um, you know, getting gathering documents, mm. you know, getting the eligibility. Assessing my, my education and those things, and personally, me taking some time, you know, for uh, getting the English um, assessment done. So, all these things just took some time. And personally, I did take some time. So, in, in that way, I would say two years. But
0: hmm.
1: for me personally, the, just the application process was about six to seven months.
0: You know, I have heard that if you can get through the immigration paperwork and documentation, you can handle pretty much anything.
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely, because it's, it's, it's so much in detail, right? Uh, you got to be very careful uh, and kind of be very clear what you want to add and everything, all the documentation, be very careful to upload everything, too many uh, documents to be sent.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so when you, so you've told yourself, okay, this is going to be tough, but not impossible. So you got here. When did you get here? <laughs> What, what
1: time of the year? 24th January
0: 2019. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was, I think I can
1: remember it was minus 14. I can never forget that. My, definitely minus 14 above. Uh, mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it was one of the cold days and seeing mm-hmm. white snow everywhere. So yeah, that, that was the welcome I got.
0: <laughs> so had you... I, again and i apologize if it's a stupid question snow what was your relationship with snow before you got here had you experienced it
1: oh yes i did i i, I did uh, experience snow before i have seen snowfall and everything but definitely not a you know so much the magnitude of snow is the question here so snow Oh, yes. Uh, up north in uh, Jammu Kashmir, in uh, Himachal Pradesh, Shimla, it does snow. So you do have places where it snows. So I have been to those places. So have, I've seen snow. Yeah.
0: Thank you. See, I did not know about the level of snow possibility in India. And maybe there are other listeners that didn't know about that. Too, so definitely tonight.
1: there's no competition to Canada, Tonya. <laughs> Let me be very clear to that you know there's no competition. Canada wins, hands down. <laughs>
0: I know. And are you getting more comfortable with winter?
1: That's that's a very good question. I don't think so anyone gets comfortable I guess with the winter. It's just at least I don't know. I've, I've uh, I think every winter has been different. I've heard people say, "Oh, this, you know, it's not that cold this winter." I'm like, okay. <laughs> <you>
0: know, <that's, laughs>
1: so, I'm I'm still getting used to
0: that. What's the benchmark, right? When people say it's not it's not that cold. They're like, "Hello, <laughs> it's like minus 40 it's cool but the moment it crosses
1: minus 20 anyway you don't feel anything done yeah i just feel that you know it's it's like okay okay minus 20 minus 25 okay minus 30 that's it you know <laughs> after a point you don't feel it you, you become numb actually and, and i have and and there were days when i used to just walk and and you know i used to even go to certain companies to just drop my resume and it used to be minus 36 i stopped feeling you know like okay you know I used to really feel when I get in and then the heater kind of just it's in full flow then I used to realize oh it wasn't really that cold outside I used to just go numb sometimes
0: Mm. can I tell you why I like winter a little bit a little bit more please go ahead it is because of our dog he has very very uh bad environmental allergies Mm -hmm. so summer Is just brutal on him. Mm -hmm. So, the moment that it starts to frost Uh and it gets colder, then his allergies get a lot better. So, Mm -hmm. that's my way of (laughs) welcoming winter and saying thank you to winter for making (laughs) uh, Frank's allergies less upsetting. So, there you are, the 24th of January 2019. You get in, you have your family here.
1: Yes. Yes, my brother-in-law picks me up at the airport, yeah.
0: And then how long did it take for you to get settled?
1: I'm not sure if I'm even, <laughs> I can call myself settled even now here. So I don't I'm know what the gonna definition say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, But to get my first job, it took me 10 months. Okay. Yeah, so my first employment was a startup here. And that was the first opportunity which I got here. And um, yeah, I'll never forget that. Go on. Okay, sure. So it was, <laughs> it was. Um, I would say I think uh, that's where I've been very persistent, and you can also say relentless in that way. My the way I was networking was I was literally. I think people say this. I think every job search workshop or every organization here which helps newcomers would say that looking for a job or searching for a job is a full time job in itself. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that full time, literally, and uh, I used to not leave any job fair or any, uh, let's say, employment engagement with, let's say, osso or uh, world skills or Intac or any of of these uh, services and that's where um there was an information where we have an employment engagement and and that's where i went gave my resume and and did talk to the ceo uh and the cto of the company there and then it was a wonderful discussion and then they said yeah we'll we'll keep in touch i said okay that that pretty much happens you know um a few of the standard uh, lines that um yeah. That the candidates are told, and and that's where okay, I went back, and then I I used to kind of that time try to take a number of sessions uh, in in uh, in West Ottawa, whether it's.
0: Mm -hmm. for an
1: entrepreneurship or um, just a kind of uh, information session on 5G. There was some uh, Mm events or seminar there. Uh, I used to just enroll myself and go there just to gather knowledge or just to see what's happening and try to network with people there. Mm -hmm. So I used to kind of keep myself busy in that way. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not busy when when you're looking for a job, it just gets to you. It's very important to remain positive get out of the house. If you're looking for a job, okay. have to get out of the house, not be comfortable just behind a laptop and just doing the uh, the normal search. It's it's both. I, I keep telling everyone, and I guess, Tanya, I would have told you also what worked for me was 50-50, 50% networking, 50% good old-fashioned online applications. And that has worked for me because the jobs that I've got it's it's both yeah so and that's where um you know uh i was just in in west Ottawa, uh just sitting and just kind of talking uh to a few people and that's where i met i met the ceo of the company that i had provided my resume a few like a few weeks before that mm-hmm. um, and he kind of recognized me he said, uh, you know he just and we just had a casual two-minute discussion and then he said just message me and then we'll set up a time for a coffee i said sure that that works for me and um, that's where we met and we discussed and that's where I got my first opportunity here as a business analyst wow so that how it works
0: <laughs> that's that's exciting and so how long were you there
1: I was there for four months and then because I had already applied and I had given an interview um, through Finn I had given a few interviews so I was waiting for responses and the responses were positive it's just that in the government it it does take a bit of time for the clearances and everything. And um, so come Feb 2020, I get an offer and, and I was like, OK, so this is the time to do the next pivot.
0: So that means that you had a job in Canada for four months. Yes. And you got into the FIN program. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so happy. Like, I'm just smiling from ear to ear. I'm. This makes me so happy. OK, go on. So so with the CRA, yeah? That's where
1: you yes, got with it? The, yes, with CRA. And and I've been with them ever since. And it's been a wonderful journey with them so far. And I uh, loved every minute being with them. And, and it's kind of very similar to what I've been doing uh, in my career so far. It's, it's been great working for them and, and helping out in the best way I can.
0: It sounds like it's a really good fit.
1: Yes, definitely. It's a good fit. It's kind of you're learning on the job, kind of really trying to do something which really benefits everyone. Contributing the best way I can is definitely through technology and kind of learning and providing the insights that I have through my experiences. And I've been trying to really add value in whatever I'm doing. And I guess that's been been going on well so far.
0: Sounds like it. And so... I know you said you were very proud of that time in New Zealand where you walked into that room with all <laughs> those two hundred, you know, years of experience. But tell tell me please, what what are you most proud of in, in your career, in your life?
1: I'm not sure if I can just choose one, but definitely the New Zealand experience is is one of them. But I would say my entire journey in in Canada also I'm I'm very proud of it because I did it here with help from amazing people like you, Tanya. You've been an amazing support. Mm. But also this is definitely uh something that I'm really proud of the entire journey I've had and and the journey I'm having right now. But I would say the one thing that i'm really proud of is my journey back in india if you ask me that has really made me who i am the experiences the culture the you know the language religion you know going everywhere uh, you know it just teaches you every small like everything you know just the way everyone is it's, it's good. there might be a lot of issues but they also take out the positivity positive out of that you know that's the beauty I guess you know which is there and that has really made me who I am today I'm really proud of how things have led me here to be honest hadn't I if if I had not done that or if I didn't have that experience I think I would have been a totally different person today
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: so I, I really feel those things really made me strong traveling different schools weather food adapting to different situations people it's it's different right as as we just as i said you know india is definitely not a monolithic place you know it's like you know, it differs uh, from north to south east west it differs right from food now that's why i tell people india is just not chicken tikka masala or butter chicken it is definitely more than that that's not the dish you just you know, say that, okay, you identify India with that. Definitely not. There's, there are even, at, at, you know, in my place, I am from Chennai. My wife is from Bangalore. You know, I speak Tamil. That's my mother tongue. And she speaks yeah. Kannada. So at in, in my place itself, we have two different cultures uh-huh. here and we are coming together. And the beauty is with my father, I talk in Hindi. And I can really 100%. I can tell you that my Hindi is at par with any person coming from the northern side of India. You know, they cannot distinguish. You know, with the way that I speak Hindi, saying that oh, I didn't know that you're from down south because my name is an identity. I is an identification card actually, Tadya You know, it's like Swaminathan Krishnamurthy. You know, people typecast me as someone from down south. It's very easy to do that. But I'm really proud the way I speak Hindi because you can't identify that. You know. that's that's one of my usps i feel
0: and i and i i mean that's from all of the stuff that you've done right all of that traveling the schools and and things i like the fact that you said that's what makes you who you are yes it's yeah i
1: I just um that's the journey and i'm really proud of the journey so it's it's, uh, right from india to australia everything has taught me something or the other so i'm really proud of the entire journey in that way (laughs) Hard to choose
0: one. Sure, and I, I really I like this question. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: <sighs> I could have been a little more proactive. Mm-hmm. In a way, um, a bit more persistent. I think I am persistent, but a bit more. How? Uh,
0: how is that possible, Swami? I know it, how it persistent is possible. you are. <laughs>
1: A bit more, I would say. Definitely uh, a bit more. But but definitely I have broken out of my shell. And um, I think, yes, I have gone out of my comfort zone. But what advice to my younger self would be, get out more. You know, challenge yourself a bit more. Don't think about what anyone else would think. Just get out there, you know, just, just barge in. You know, I think that's something that I would really... Um, would I have loved to do more there.
0: Which makes me think, if we go back to Australia and university for a second, did you get involved in any extracurricular activities or anything when you were there?
1: I did play uh, badminton for some time there, but other mm-hmm. than that, didn't get into much of extracurricular activities. Did get into some events, but uh, not uh, much actually. But yes, I did volunteer. I did uh, volunteer at a community kitchen there Hmm. where I used to help out used to be the kitchen and try to do my best to help the community there.
0: That's really nice. That's lovely. So so the advice you would give is just barge in, barge out of the (laughs) comfort zone and be more persistent and just go for it
1: absolutely it's something that has worked for me uh definitely i would say but uh, as i said would would have wanted uh, to do that more it's just getting out of the comfort zone seriously i think that that's very important everyone should should do that just get out of the their comfort zone and and uh, what worst might happen things might not work in your favor i think that's that's the last thing you know i think that's what i've learned
0: hmm. you know sometimes the comfort zone can be simple as ordering the same food that you normally order at this at the restaurant and just deciding one day, you know what? I'm gonna order something else. I know it's small, but that's getting out of the comfort zone, right? Tiny little things. I'm a
1: vegetarian, Tanya, so it's even more difficult for me to order food here.
0: <laughs> so then you know what? We're gonna we're gonna round round up by asking, do you have a motivational quote or words? that you live by?
1: I was really um there's one thing that really is I think I, I mentioned it, but I'll I'll say it in Hindi hmm. which would really make sense. I, I won't say it as a motivational quote, but it is Johuga Dekaja. So, which is, let's see whatever happens, you know, let, let's do it and then we'll see what happens and then we'll, ah. we'll, we'll kind of figure it out. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So I think that's the attitude. I think that that's kind of worked for me. And uh, I think that's something that I've learned from my dad also. He said, come on, don't think from now So what's going to happen. Just let's do it and then we'll see.
0: So let's do it and then we'll see. <laughs>
1: I'm 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 not sure if that's the best approach, but it's kind of worked for me.
0: And of course, I'm dying to know how does that go with your wife? (laughs)
1: Uh, She's definitely, uh, you know, she's not going to approve of that. That's for sure. Uh, But uh, that's where uh, I think we are different people. And then she definitely agrees with that. And she makes peace, I guess. You know, with that, but but definitely she does push me in that way to really plan and and have everything ready, so that you're not you're prepared for any unforeseen um, surprises or something.
0: Yes, and I can, <laughs> I'm just I'm picturing this this relationship with the planner and the and the <laughs> fly by the seat of his pants kind of person that you are sometimes, and uh, yeah, I think that that's good. So let's see, kind of I I like that in Hindi. Could you say it again please?
1: Hoga, hmm. So whatever happens we'll see.
0: <laughs> whatever happens we'll see. Wow. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what happens. I'm being extremely grateful for you taking the time and joining me and my listener on the playground and and sharing your sharing your pivots. Because that's what makes that's what makes your story quite honestly and you know, talking with you, Swami, is always fun. It always puts a smile on my face and I find it always inspiring. So I'm pretty sure that people were feeling that same way while they were listening to this. So how was this? Did you have fun?
1: Oh, it was amazing, Tanya. Thank you so much for thinking about me for this. Um, I think it's, it's I've always been as I said I've always been on the other side you know consuming podcast or or kind of listening to it viewing it it's it's you know being on this side it it really I've never thought about it so thank you so much for thinking about me and giving me this opportunity to share my life in a way <laughs> thank you thank you so much and and you've been amazing I think you're the you're a, you're a perfect mentor for me you know we have never Touch that part that you're my mentor but actually you are a mentor you've been amazing you've been an amazing source of energy you've been motivating and thank you thank you so much you have inspired many and you will continue to inspire many and many you know thank you thank you so much
0: Oh Swami thank you and if you ever want to start your own podcast you let me know because I've done a lot of research and I can I can put you on the right path to where you need to be.
1: Okay? Oh, thank you. Definitely. I we'll would definitely uh, think about that.
0: Okay. You take good care and thank you so much. And, um, you know, give your beloved a big hug for me, please.
1: Absolutely. Please. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Take care, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Tanya, again.
0: A big thanks to my guest, Swami, for sharing his story with us. One thing that really resonated with me was the importance of travel, growth, and getting out of his comfort zone. By going to university in Australia, he was able to meet people from all over the world, learn about different cultures, and discover different ways of doing things. His Australian experience prepared him for making the leap to Canada and knowing that although it would be hard, It would not be impossible. I loved to hear that while he was developing his career, isn't that much better than looking for work or job searching? He was getting out and meeting people. I would have never thought of recommending Invest Ottawa to people who were not entrepreneurs, but what a fantastic idea. His positive and helpful nature is infectious, and he brings a lot of value to the CRA and the Canadian government. I loved his Hindi phrase, let's see whatever happens. Just go for it and let's see what happens. I am excited for his future and will be watching as his career continues to develop right here in his new home of Ottawa, Canada. My thanks to Swami. I am also excited to invite you to meet me on the playground again next week for another insightful career conversation with another awesome mystery guest. Please remember to connect with me on Instagram at PuddleJumpCoaching001. And like Swami says, Let's see whatever happens. Have an adventurous week and see you on the playground when we will jump into the future together.